When passion, perseverance, and performance join forces, success is born. When your lifestyle is cultivated around physical and mental well-being, winning is inevitable. If you're somebody who likes to set goals and crush them too, you've come to the right place. This is putting yourself first. This is motivation. This is the Goal Set Mindset Podcast. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Goal Set Mindset Podcast. This is Julie, your host, joined here today by my man, Giovanni. Thanks for coming on. Hey, guys. Thank you for having me. Super excited to dive into today's topic, which is Giovanni and I reflecting on one year as WHOOP members. So for those of you who have been following us on social media, following me, um, you've seen me post about WHOOP quite a bit. I oftentimes share on my story some of the data that I'm given from WHOOP, but we're going to talk today about what WHOOP is, what it's taught us, and how to help you make a decision if you're considering investing in something like this on if it is worth it for you. So Giovanni and I got our whoops um, about this time last year. It was March of 2021. Actually, Giovanni got me mine as a present, which was the best present ever. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, So let's just kind of dive right in by talking about what the whoop is. Why don't you start it off, Giovanni? Sure. So the whoop is a fitness tracker that is more accurate than the Apple Watch or any other device due to the fact that it doesn't have an interface. So its energy is being used just to track your heart rate, respiratory rate, and other metrics that we're going to go into specifics about. Yeah, exactly. That's cool that you mentioned right off the bat, too, that it doesn't have an interface. That's one of the biggest questions that I get when people see the whoop on my wrist. They're like, where's the screen? Like, what is that? Because it is purely for data collection. It's not like an Apple Watch where... You're getting text messages and phone calls and things like that. This is a kind of device that only really has that that one function, that one purpose. So the Whoop, like we said, you can wear it on your arm. I wear mine on my wrist. Giovanni wears his on his bicep. They have different kinds of bands that you can buy. You also, more recently, they created um, clothing. So you can put the Whoop device into a sports bra, leggings, t-shirts, underwear, they sell all different kinds of products. So your whoop can be not just hidden, but on your body in a way that it's not getting in the way of your movement and your exercise, which is super cool. Um, Yeah, I honestly don't even notice when I have it on me. And I work 12-hour shifts as a physical therapist assistant, and I never notice that it's on me. Yeah, that's the biggest thing is like a lot of us who have any kind of wearable... Sometimes it's annoying to wear, like it's either in the way. If you're in a job that you're using your hands a lot, it can be in the way. And sometimes you just don't want something on your wrist, like if you're dressing up or, you know, for some reason. Um, So Whoop has done a great job giving us that option to wear it in a discreet way. But the device itself, the actual like technology piece that collects the data is only about an inch wide and maybe like an inch and a half long. It's very, very small, very compact. But like we mentioned, super powerful. So the way that it works is you wear the Whoop on your body 24-7, which is super cool because it's collecting data at all times. And even when you're wearing another device like an Apple Watch, even if you're wearing it all the time, 
Your Apple Watch isn't constantly assessing your heart rate, your breathing rate, like all of those metrics. It's doing it every so often. Whereas the Whoop, I believe the data is collected 60 times a second, which is extremely powerful in the amount of data, you know, that they get from it. So the types of data that it collects, there's kind of five main physiological metrics that it looks at, including heart rate, respiratory rate, skin temperature, blood oxygen, and heart rate variability. Giovanni, can you tell the listeners a little bit about your understanding of what is HRV? So essentially, heart rate variability is the amount of time between your heartbeats. So this um, number, or however you measure it, fluctuates depending on your stress levels. Yeah, exactly. So it's definitely something that is becoming, I think, more common for people to look at. When we think of heart rate, we define heart rate as a measure of beats per minute, right? So how many times is your heart contracting and pushing blood out within a minute? But when you look at an even closer level, that time difference between the heartbeats themselves actually should fluctuate. So our heart shouldn't actually beat like a metronome. The the time intervals between heartbeats, so they're very small. So like if you're taking your pulse, you'll probably feel like your heart rate is beating pretty regular. But when you look at a deeper level, there are those fluctuations. And from my understanding, um, you know, listening to some of the people that work for Whoop, it's a way of explaining how adaptable your nervous system is. So when you're really, when you're very much in a sympathetic state, your heart is beating more like a metronome. And when you're in a more parasympathetic state, your heart rate is a little bit slower. Your body's more relaxed. You're going to have more of those fluctuations. So HRV has been shown by Whoop to be literally our strongest indicator of how stressed your body is and how good your body is at adapting to stress. And to add to this, it, your HRV score is an individual score. So for example, Julie's HRV looks like is skyrocketing in the app. So her HIV can be anywhere from 130 to 180. And mine caps at like 70. But for Julie's score, if she drops to 110, it's a negative score. Whereas for me, I'm already at or below 70. So Yeah, that's a really good point. I think that's something that like Whoop members struggle with understanding too. Because you can have friends on Whoop and you can look at other people's data and... Like, I've had friends who are on Whoop also look at my HRV and be like, how'd you get your HRV so high? But like you said, it's so individualized that 70 for you is really freaking high. Yeah. But 70 for me is like my Whoop's going to tell me that I'm under recovered. Yeah, you have COVID. (laughs) It it doesn't mean that I'm more fit. I mean, maybe it does mean that I'm more fit than you, Giovanni. I don't know. Um, but yeah, exactly. So that's definitely important to understand. If you use anything to take your HRV, don't compare it to other people. The helpful thing is to compare it against your own data over time, which Whoop does a really, really good job at doing. So those are kind of the five main things that are measured in terms of physiological metrics. And then what Whoop is most widely known for and recognized for is its ability to track sleep. So that is what got Giovanni and I interested in it initially, honestly, was um, both of us being in the fitness and performance field, just being super fascinated by the impact that sleep has on everything we do as humans. And Whoop does a really good job at, you know, 
collecting data on that. So let's talk a little bit about sleep and how exactly Whoop tells us about our sleep. Okay. I'll, I'll say real quick, what we're going to do is talk about the four main facets of Whoop. So like we mentioned, there's no screen on this device. In order to view your data, you go on your phone and that interface of the app is amazing. Super user-friendly, very easy to understand your data. You can also go online on their website and log into your account and view things there as well. But the four main things that Whoop tells us is we get a sleep score, a recovery score, a strain score, and then the health monitor is another feature. So let's dive into each of those, talking about sleep specifically. Giovanni, tell us a little bit about like when you open your Whoop and you look at that sleep category, what are you seeing? I look at for my score. So that's the main thing that I look for. Um, before we dive any deeper, how most people judge how good they slept is they look at the clock and they're like, oh, I went to sleep at 10 and now it's 7 o'clock. So I had a really good night's sleep. And some people are like, I had 8, 10 hours of sleep. But you have to look at how good you slept in those 8 hours. Some people can sleep better at 6. So the whoop breaks down your sleep patterns and it correlates it with your habits. And it gives you a score based on if you had a negative habit or if you had a positive habit, such as like blocking blue light. Like that's the thing everyone knows now. Blue light affects your sleep. And mm-hmm. it, the whoop actually shows how blue light or just bright lights in general is negative towards sleep quality. Yeah, definitely. So I'm actually taking out my phone right now to like look at the app so we can paint a good picture if you want to take yours out too. Um, But that is probably the most important point in my opinion that you just brought up is the fact that the only real way that we can judge our sleep without a device like this is knowing what time you went to bed and what time you woke up. But just because you are in bed for eight hours, even if your eyes are closed, even if you're not consciously aware for eight hours does not mean that you're actually getting eight hours of sleep. And looking at the sleep breakdown, Giovanni and I vary a lot in this aspect too. This dude sleeps like a champ, a champ. (laughs) And I'm over here getting like 17 minutes of REM. Like, you know that commercial, what is it? The Geico commercial maybe? What's the one that they're like, I caught you a dollar. It's not good. I don't watch TV, so I don't know. All right. You guys who are listening, you know that commercial. That's how I feel when Whoop tells me that I got like 10 minutes of REM. Um, But anyway, so let's dive into that a little bit. So when you look at your sleep performance, it gives you a score. Just like when you take an exam in school from 0% to 100%. Well, actually, the lowest is 1%. 0% would probably mean you're, you're dead. But... 100% 100% means... Hey, you've gotten pretty close to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that. Um, 100% means that you met the sleep recommendation that Whoop had for you that night. So another really cool thing about Whoop is not only is this a data collector and shows you the data, but Whoop is truly a coach. It's a fitness and health coach. And the reason why it's a coach is because it takes all of this data And it makes recommendations based on that. So it's not up to you to look at these numbers and figure out like, okay, what does this mean? How recovered am I? How much sleep do I need tonight? Whoop 
tells you all of these things based on your data, which is super awesome. But anyway, I digress. Um, so last night, I got eight and a half hours of sleep. Pretty fire. Friday night into Saturday, usually a pretty good amount of sleep. But underneath that, it tells me, REM and deep sleep accounted for less than 35% of your total sleep time, which is less than optimal for restorative sleep. So right there, eight and a half hours, you're like, let's freaking go, eight and a half hours of sleep, like I'm balling. But then I look at this detail, and most of the sleep that I got was not restorative. Giovanni, tell me about your REM and deep sleep last night. So last night, I had two hours of REM and two hours of deep sleep. So what little message do you have? Was that optimal or was that too much? Um, It's telling me my REM is optimal. Good. Because I usually get about two hours of REM. So for some people, it can indicate that they're in sleep debt and they're trying to catch up. Yeah, definitely. So I got 34 minutes of REM last night. Not too bad. 24 minutes of deep sleep. Um, And then the biggest thing that's interesting is the awake time. So also, those of you who are listening know that Giovanni and I are dating. And last night, I stayed at his apartment. And I mentioned that because we got into bed at the same time and we woke up at the same time. But despite that, our sleep breakdowns are very different. What was your total hours of sleep? So, total time in bed is 8 hours and 58 minutes, but total time asleep is 8 hours and 48 minutes. Okay. So, for me, my total time in bed was 8 hours and 48 minutes. My total time asleep was 8 hours and 6 minutes. So, the other thing that Whoop tells you is how much you were awake during the night. And this is one of the most interesting things and has been very eye-opening to me throughout the last year is this concept of... You don't need to be consciously aware to be awake. And the really cool thing is that Whoop actually tells you which parts of the night were you awake, which parts of the night were you in REM sleep, which parts of the night were you in deep sleep. And you can kind of draw connections as to if your body prefers to go to sleep early and wake up early, or if your body prefers to go to sleep late and wake up late. Yeah. So for me, I was awake for 15 minutes and all of that was in the beginning of the night. I have these blips of time that was awake and i'm telling you right now like i i have no recollection of that but my heart rate my respiratory rate my hrv all of these physiological metrics were high enough to indicate that i was not in a restorative actual sleeping state which again it's, it's just interesting to learn about um and one thing that i've noticed and whoop has not told me this specifically but i think that i'm definitely the type of person Despite being a morning person at heart and wanting to get up early in the morning, and I really do enjoy it, I get more restorative sleep when I sleep in. Do you notice a difference of the, like when your REM and deep sleep happens? Does it tend to happen earlier in the night for you or later uh, in the morning? For me, it happens later. Yeah. So my deep sleep would be from like 11 p.m. to like 2 a.m. And then I start REMing after that. Yeah. Reming, turning Reming. into a <laughs> I like that. So we didn't mention this before, but REM sleep correlates with how your my, brain is essentially recovering, whereas deep sleep is for your muscles and your body. Yeah, good point. Thanks for bringing that up. Exactly. REM is restorative for the mind, and deep is restorative for the body in general terms. So 
if you are using your brain during the day, which most of us are at work while you're studying, you know, feeling a lot of emotions, navigating relationships, all of those things your brain needs to recover from. It's just like exercising. Like when your brain is working hard, it needs to recover. And it's been shown that that happens during REM sleep. Good point, Julie. And on the flip side, deep sleep is important for muscle recovery. So those of you guys that like to train with weights or runners, like you need to, you need deep sleep to recover properly. And it's the recovery phase of the immune system. Yeah, exactly. So super crucial, making sure we're getting that deep and REM sleep. But to stay on topic here, we're talking about WHOOP. We're not diving too deep into the science. So let's move on to our next facet of WHOOP, recovery. Recovery is, again, something that I think is becoming more popular and more looked at with athletes. There's a lot of research being done on it. And even just like average Joes like you and I, I'll call us average Joes. Maybe we're a little bit above average, but people who are just nerds about performance and just want to answer these questions of like, how can I perform better in my job? How can I perform better at the gym? How can I have more energy? Like recovery is definitely key and Whoop does an awesome job at it. So let's dive in a little bit to what kinds of things does Whoop consider when we get this recovery score? So tell me, Julie, you get a 31%. That's essentially a red score. How does Whoop influence you into what you're going to do that day? Yeah, good question. Um, and did you pick 31% because that's my recovery today? Uh, it was a lucky guess. <laughs> yeah. So again, just like with the sleep score, your recovery score is on a scale of 1% to 100%. And... It categorizes you into either red, yellow, or green. So today, I woke up with a 31% recovery, and I am in the red. Now, that recovery is shown to us by a few different things, which we'll dive into. Um, But yeah, the coolest thing about Whoop is since it shows you this data, it throws it in your face with the color red, and it says, stop, red light. Your recovery is only 31%. So what I've learned from that is that today when I went to the gym, I did very little activity. I recorded a few videos that I had to do. I did some walking outside. I did a little bit of breathing, some core activation stuff, um, but I didn't train hard. And I'm glad you brought that up because in all honesty, I feel pretty good today. But I had a really hard workout yesterday. Shout out Christina for uh, working her ass off with me. And this week was pretty stressful. It was busy. So sometimes your body just takes a little bit of a hit. And even if you feel good, Whoop is showing me, take a little bit off the gas today. I will hopefully wake up with a higher recovery score tomorrow, and then I can get after it with more efficacy. Exactly. So essentially, Whoop prevents you from beating yourself into the ground. A lot of people who exercise are like, oh, I got to do this six days a week, no matter what. I have to run 10 miles. I have to bench press 315, squat 500 pounds. But when, for me at least, when I look at my score and I'm in the green, I'm like, all right, today I'm going to really train hard, bump my numbers up and, you know, have a great workout and push myself beyond what I normally do. But 
if I do that for a couple days in a row, I notice my recovery starts trending down, which is actually a good thing. You want your recovery when you're training that hard to trend downwards because that means you're adapting. But when I get to that really low recovery, I have to take a break. It's like, all right, I'm in the red now. So my next workout, I'm either, it's either off day or I'm doing like Julie did an active recovery day just because I don't want to tank myself even further down and then be overtrained essentially. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree with you. And it's hard because like you said, like those of us who do genuinely enjoy exercise a lot, like we wake up in the morning and we want to go train. We want to go push ourselves, but working out when your body is ready to work out is what's going to give you the most benefit. And if your body is not physiologically ready to exercise and you go and beat yourself up, you're likely not going to experience gains from it. And eventually you're going to run yourself into the ground enough that you might get hurt. You might be experiencing some pain. You're going to notice that the weight that you're lifting decreases, things like that. Um, So yeah, it's really cool. But then on the flip side, when you wake up and you have a high score, it's super motivating, right? There was a day that um, Giovanni and I both woke up with, Giovanni had a 99%, I had a 98%. And that never happens. We were like, holy shit, it's leg day, baby. Let's fucking go. And like, it's cool because, I mean, of course, we felt good with a good recovery, but we didn't wake up like springing out of bed necessarily. We saw those scores. We saw our resting heart rates were low. Our HRVs were at an all-time high. We got good sleep. And that is, whoop, telling you, it's your body telling you, let's go get after it. You know, so it's cool because you can really take advantage, especially when you have a busy schedule like yourself, right? Like you want to maximize whatever time you have to train. So being able to use this as a guide is really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And it really opened my mind and changed the way that I train because I'm not so anal about, you know, Oh, I have to train every single day of my life or or else I'm going to, you know, shrivel up into a prune or something. So to me, that's what made the biggest difference in how I look at my training schedule and focus my workouts around my recovery. Because recovery is the most important thing. It's not the workout. It's the recovery from the workout. Yeah, exactly. One thing that, again, I love to educate people about, and I know that you do too, is that The gains that you're looking for, whether it's to look better, get stronger, get faster, those things don't actually happen in the gym when you're training. They happen when your body adapts to that stimulus after the fact, right? That's right. And I know right now we're really focused on just the body, but when you're studying, especially your mind it works the same way you have to study but you also have to rest like those of you guys that stay up to two or three o'clock in the morning studying Mm, quote-unquote for your exam at 7 a.m that's probably not the best thing to be doing yeah that's a good point and going off of that talking about some things that might influence recovery we mentioned like a hard workout but even mental stress can manifest physically in recovery, right? I don't know if you've had any, any days where you had a particularly hard day at work or just like emotionally felt off. It happens to all of us, right? The next day, you see that your recovery falls. That's yeah. happened to me multiple times, you know? 
And on the flip side, if you have a great time with your friends or family, you can see a recovery bloom. Yeah, definitely. And that's something that I actually just started tracking with my whoop, which we're going to get into the journal feature in a little while, which is my absolute favorite. Um, But going back to this whole recovery thing, just to paint you the picture of how whoop does this, you wake up in the morning, you get your sleep score, you get your recovery score. Your recovery score is based upon your HRV, your resting heart rate overnight, the amount of sleep that you got, and your respiratory rate. So all of those metrics put together create your score. And over time, Whoop gets better and better at actually accurately giving you these numbers. For the first like 30 days that you wear Whoop, the recommendations that they're giving you, they're still kind of figuring it out, right? The only person that they can really match your data up against to decide what's normal and what's not is your own data. So it takes a little bit of time. Um, But again, super powerful to, you know, look at that and... Like we mentioned, the biggest eye-opening thing for me, for both of us, has been that a low recovery and a high recovery can be influenced by physical stress or the absence of, could be influenced by mental stress or the absence of, and it could be influenced by getting sick and maybe even not quite feeling sick yet. So let's actually segue this now into the health monitor feature which is Mm -hmm. a little bit newer for Whoop. Super, super cool. Um, Yeah, let's just dive into that. So what do we get to see on the health monitor? So as we're diving into that, Julie, tell us a little bit how you you experienced when you were getting COVID. I love when you turn the questions on me after I ask you a question. (laughs) Um, Yeah, okay. So I guess we'll just dive straight into that. So Whoop is a health and fitness coach. And I emphasize the word health first because that's what fitness really is, right? It's optimal health. And the other thing that it'll tell you is based on the five things that it measures, respiratory rate, blood oxygen, resting heart rate, HRV, and skin temp. It'll give you warnings when things are out of range. And this is really cool because... One thing, again, that I didn't know prior to wearing a Whoop was that physiologically, things will change before you actually start to feel sick when you're getting sick. So you might get an alert from Whoop that your heart rate was elevated and your respiratory rate was elevated and you're like, I feel fine, I'm chilling, but Whoop is kind of giving you this warning. Now, I'll say right off the bat, because this is coming to mind, there are two things for me and for most people that will cause the health monitor to give you a warning. It'll cause those metrics to get out of range. One of them is getting sick, an immune system response. And the other thing is alcohol. When you drink alcohol, when I drink alcohol, which isn't as often anymore as it used to be, I wonder what my whoop would have looked like if I wore this in college. (laughs) Oh my goodness, I would love to strap this on like a Scranton student right now and (laughs) see what it says. Um... But when I drink, it also tells me that my heart rate's elevated and my respiratory rate's elevated. And I know that I'm probably not getting sick. It's probably because I drink. But And how does your sleep, your REM and your deep sleep look when you drink alcohol? Yeah, we'll just, we'll just dive into that a little bit. Um, it's shitty, man. I mean, I get bad sleep to begin with in terms of REM and deep sleep. I'm, I'm still trying to work out why. But alcohol has been shown scientifically 
to prevent you from getting into those sleep stages. Um, essentially, alcohol is a sedative, which means that it knocks you out, but it does not help you sleep. It is not a sleep aid. So alcohol is also a toxin. So when you drink alcohol, it knocks you out, your head's on the pillow, your eyes are closed, but your body is fighting. All of those physiological metrics are elevated because it's trying to metabolize and push out the alcohol out of your system, which is stressful for the body when it's trying to relax. Yeah, and how much REM do you usually get when you have a night out? Like none. Like oh, none. Sometimes I get a good amount, but it, it depends. The one to two glasses of wine, totally cool. Totally so there's chill. a there's a Goldilocks. But as soon as we get like tequila in there or like two Moscow mules, nope, down <laughs> the drain. So ju- um, just think of that if you're a student who has an exam on Monday, but you're studying, you plan on studying like throughout the week and then you drink Friday, Saturday, like what are you doing to the recovery of your brain, right? Yeah. Your long-term memories and short-term memories. Yeah, it is So a good what point. does alcohol prevent? Is it short-term or long-term memories? I believe it, it short-term, impacts right? short-term memory yeah. more than long-term, yeah. So we'll say a little strategy here for if you are in college and you still want to get after it on the weekends at the bar, I'm with you. Um, work your ass off during the week, study, learn the information, store it into long-term memory, and then do what you can over the weekend. You're probably still not going to do that great on your test, but at least you know stuff. <laughs> Rather than waiting until the day before when your brain is under-recovered. And we've all been there where you're reading something. And you read like three pages of a book, of a textbook, of notes. And you're just like, whoa, 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 what, what I mean, did I just read? That happens to me sober. But... Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> so it's not just alcohol that does it, but it's under-recovery yeah. in general. So... Anyway, let's dive back into the health monitor a little bit. And I do want to share my story with getting the COVID because my WHOOP data was really quite fascinating. And I will throw a little disclaimer in there and say that I was not aware of these correlations prior to this happening to me. Towards the end of December of 2021, when COVID really skyrocketed again, WHOOP started putting out all of this data about what to look for in your report that might correlate with COVID. And when I saw that a month after the fact, I was like, holy crap, I should have known. So if you're listening to this, know that I, I didn't know that I had it because I didn't know about these correlations, but it's, it's super interesting. So we're taking it all the way back to Thanksgiving week. I was at school, Plans to go see my family in Maine for Thanksgiving. My dad and his family, super excited. The day was Tuesday. <laughs> last day. Be- <laughs> I'm a great storyteller. Yes. Um, last day before break. Dear diary. And I was going <laughs> to I was gonna be away, hanging out with family for a while. Not going to the gym, not going for runs, which not a bad thing to take time off. But I knew that I wanted to get a solid workout in before I left. So Tuesday morning, I wake up. I'm like, I'm going to hit the gym. I'm going to do something hard. And you're in uh, the green. No. Not true. Monday, I was in the green. Monday, I was fine. Um, Tuesday morning, I wake up. I feel great. I'm on my way to the gym, and I get my little notification from Whoop. You know, all your data's processed, yada, yada. I look at it, and it said, like, 29%. I was like, 
that's weird. Like, I feel fine, you know? And a few days prior to this was a long weekend at Scranton. I had my comprehensive exam, PT bar crawl, had a, a little reunion weekend with my roommates, basically was drinking all weekend, not sleeping well. Loads of fun, no regrets, but I was blaming it on that. I was like, all right, I'm still recovering from the weekend. You know, it was stressful, whatever. So I go to the gym. I remember it so vividly. I was doing like heavy squats to overhead press, feeling like a million bucks, listening to my EDM, like let's go, taking videos, the whole nine yards, felt great. And then that evening when I was driving home for break, my throat started feeling a little sore. I was like, mm. but I talk a lot and my throat gets sore when I talk a lot. So I was like, mm, I'm just, I gotta chill. I was out all weekend, I'm good. So then I go to sleep and I wake up the next day, dun, 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 1% recovery. And you know what? I'm gonna pull up my data real quick because I have it right here. It's Guys, it's so interesting. All right, so Monday the 22nd, my recovery was 70%. I was high. I was balling. Tuesday, my recovery went down to that 29%. My resting heart rate was a little bit elevated. My HRV was down, but my respiratory rate was stable. The next day, I get hit with a 1% recovery which the only times that I've had a 1% recovery was after long days or nights of drinking. And I woke up with a 1% recovery. My HRV, which is typically around 130, was 22. Wow. My resting heart rate, which is typically low 60s, high 50s, was 89. My respiratory rate was 19.7 and it's typically around 17 which doesn't sound like a big change but that is a really big change to respiratory rate now funny enough when i woke up on wednesday morning i actually didn't see any of this data my whoop didn't process it i kept opening the whoop app and my data just wasn't there i remember this thing and i was like why is my whoop bugging out they had just released the new whoop so i thought maybe there was like a software problem i was on my way to new hampshire to go stay at my dad's and I kept checking. I deleted the app, I redownloaded it, everything you could think of. At five o'clock in the evening, Whoop sent me a notification and said, when did you sleep last night? I was like, why the hell are you asking me that? That's your job <laughs> to know when I slept last night. So I put it in and that's when I get this 1% recovery. And that's when I realized, oh my God, my body was so physiologically aroused. Everything was so high. That Whoop didn't even know that I slept. It didn't even know that I slept. And even on nights that I'm out until 2 in the morning and I sleep like 4 hours, Whoop knows that. So that was really eye-opening. Now, by this time, I was already up north. I was starting to feel a little bit worse, but still didn't suspect that I had COVID. Just felt run down, tired. Again, had a long weekend. Then, the next day, another 1% recovery. And this is when I started to worry a little bit. I was just like, I don't know what I have, but clearly my body is struggling and fighting. My HRV had gone up a little bit. My respiratory rate was still really high. And I just felt super run down and like shitty. But to have three days in a row in the red was definitely alarming. And again, now that I know all of this and now that I know that I was sick, 
when I look at my whoop and I see a red recovery, I know that I've got a chill, you know? And the other thing that was really interesting is the strain, which we're going to dive into that in a second, the other feature of whoop. But strain is essentially the amount of cardiovascular load that your body underwent that day, typically from exercise. If you go for a run, if you do heavy weightlifting where your heart is beating really hard and fast, you're going to have a high strain. That Wednesday, the day that it didn't register my recovery, that I was driving to visit my dad, my strain was 15.4, which is extremely high. The strain is on a scale of 0 to 21. And all I did that day was get in the car and drive. But again, my heart rate, everything was so elevated that my strain was higher than it is when I go for a run. So that's what's so powerful about this whole health monitor, health tracker thing is that it's not just for people who are interested in fitness. It's not just for fit people. It's for anybody who wants to be able to monitor their health and their body and these changes that you don't necessarily feel right away, but things that are going on in the background. So long story short, back to the COVID thing, I ended up getting tested and I tested positive and I got better and I was okay. But again, Whoop was also really helpful when I was recovering from it to be able to see, all right, I'm transitioning from red to yellow. And that first day back in the green, hallelujah. I still took it easy for a while, didn't get right back into the gym. Um, But without Whoop, it would have been so much harder to make decisions about, okay, when can I start pushing myself again? When should I be prioritizing sleep? You know, prioritizing nutrition, prioritizing all these things that contribute to recovery. So that's my COVID story. Giovanni, do you have any experiences with your health monitor being a little bit alarming or with your recovery being low that you can think as of? As far as health monitor for being sick, um, well, just at one time we thought we had the flu. But other than that, yeah. Yeah. I was just in like 1% for like three days in a row. And then it's like, whoop, green. It's like, yeah. okay, whoop. Yeah. But again, it's it's really cool to be able to see that and make decisions based off of that. So I want to jump back to strain for a second to wrap that up. And then we will dive into our favorite features of whoop, Giovanni. So strain, like I said before, it's the amount of cardiovascular load on your body ranges from zero up to 21. Strain is based on your workouts, but also just based on all of the other activity during the day. So this is another thing that really makes Whoop stand out. Like we talked about, it's monitoring these things all the time, 60 times a second, compared to another wearable like the Fitbit or the Apple Watch, which is responding more so to when you intentionally take your watch and say, hey watch, I'm working out right now. I'm going for a run right now. I'm lifting weights right now. With Whoop, you don't even need to tell it what you're doing to be able to get accurate data. Now, you can track your workouts, and I do personally, because I like to be able to see the intra-workout data. But it's really cool when you get this number, because like we talked about before with recovery, there's a lot of things that influence this strain score. It's not just how hard you're pushing yourself in the gym, but it's how hard was your day at work? Especially if you have an active job, like Giovanni and I do, being in physical therapy, There are some days that all I do is work and my strain is pretty high because it was a busy day in the clinic and I'm running all over the place, you know, and 
when I see that, then I know that if I'm going to go to the gym after work, maybe don't go 110% because my strain is already pretty high and I don't want to push it too hard, you know? So it's all just a way of kind of guiding you through these decisions. Or you can use it to push yourself beyond that strain and consider it like overreaching. So there's two ways of looking at that. Yeah, you're right. And that's actually one thing that Whoop recommends to you is the coaching feature, literally called the strain coach, tells you each day when you wake up, here's your recovery, here's your sleep, here's your health monitor. This is how hard you should aim to push yourself today. And it'll give you a number. Like today, let's see what my what my strain coach wanted from me today. What's today? March 19th. So my recovery is a little bit low today, like we talked about. My strain coach wanted me to go no higher than 10. And right now I'm at 10.8. So it might give me a little bit of a signal of, hey, you might be overreaching today. Correct. So for Julie, if she's setting her recovery to be in the green, then it's going to recommend a strain. So it will be overreaching for you just a little bit, depending on your strain. But I'm going to recover. But you will recover. recover. That's right. (laughs) So again, just a cool feature, especially if you're somebody who is an endurance athlete or has goals to improve your aerobic capacity. The strain coach is really helpful, more so from a cardiovascular perspective than like a strength perspective in helping you make those decisions and, you know, seeing how well you are progressing. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about my favorite feature of Whoop, which is um, the journal. So the journal, you basically can customize it yourself and add in the things that you want to track and it will ask you every morning if you did if you did these things. So for me, I track blue light blocking glasses, clean eating, which is different for everyone. But for me, it just means like eating rice and beef. <laughs> did I eat dairy? A simple man. Oh, it's raining. Um, did I eat a late meal? Did I sleep in the same bed? Did I share my bed? Sometimes. Um, that one can be negative because Julie likes to kick me (laughs) 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 and things like that. So Julie, what do you track in your sleep uh, journal? And I agree with you. The whoop journal is by far the coolest feature and we are all about behavior change, right? Habits and behaviors are everything. They're what make us who we are and whoops ability to drive positive behavior change is amazing especially with this journal feature so like Giovanni said you answer it when you wake up in the morning and then each month you get a monthly performance assessment which is whoops data it's like a 10 page pdf gives you all kinds of information and the biggest takeaway from that is it tells you how all of these factors influence your recovery and your sleep I think they're up to like over a hundred different things that you can track now. Yeah. So before I get into what I do, there's even there's even some things that like say um, you want to track something that they don't have, just substitute it. Like we track breath work for mouth tape, for example. 
Yeah, Giovanni and I tape our mouths shut sometimes. Mostly Julie. Julie, Julie sleeps her mouth open. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but exactly. Sometimes you can get creative if there's like a very specific measure that you want to um, track, which I'm waiting for them to add mouth tape because a lot of sleep scientists do recommend that. But I digress. My Whoop journal contains the following. Blue light blocking glasses, breath work, device in bed, so like viewing my phone in bed, a gluten-free diet, late meal, spending time outside, sharing my bed, social fulfillment, which I added recently because like we talked about, we kind of have this theory that when we spend time with our family and friends, it impacts our recovery, alcohol, clean eating, which kind of struggle with that one because I don't have as rigid of a diet as Mr. Giovanni over here, although I do aspire to be as simple as you are. Um, Meditation, I track if I'm on my period or not, reading in bed, and I also track sexual activity. And interestingly enough, I want to share something that Whoop put out recently for my females listening about your period and your physiological recovery. This is something that I noticed with my own data. And then again, similar with the COVID situation, it's like whoops in my brain. They put things out that I'm like thinking about and I'm like, whoa. But they put out this really cool study recently based on all of these whoop members. There's thousands of us, probably hundreds of thousands of people, maybe even millions of people, I don't even know, who are in their system that they can use our data and our demographics and create these studies. One of the things they looked at was how do different phases of the menstrual cycle impact recovery for women? And what they saw was that during menstruation, so when you actually have your period, your recovery is higher. And therefore, that week should actually be a week that if you are concerned about fitness gains, if it's something that you're going for, that's a week that you should actually push yourself. And hear me out here, females. Listen, I get it. When you have your period, the last thing that you want to do is go to the gym and like move your body. But when you move your body, when you do exercise, it's going to help a lot with the cramps, the fatigue, the headache. And the reasoning behind it is that when you have your period, your testosterone levels are actually a little bit higher, which testosterone is important for both men and women. It drives muscle growth. It drives strength. It drives all kinds of different performance metrics. So that little tangent there is telling you that When you have your period, don't be afraid to train. And in fact, the week before your period is when we see lower recovery and when you might want to take a little bit off the gas. So that's a fun one. Um, But to tell you guys more about what's in the journal, oh my goodness, there's so many. There's lifestyle things. So we have, did you commute to work? Were you jet lagged? Did you smoke weed? Did you use tobacco? Did you work late? We've got different kinds of medications that you can put in here mental health you can put if you expressed gratitude which i don't put that one because i do it every day so i wouldn't you know get any data on it um did you go to therapy did you feel socially fulfilled we've got nutritional things you can put if you tracked your carbs if you had a late meal if you had meat if you had vegetables um you can put if you had acupuncture if you had physical therapy If you took an ice bath, goodness gracious, you can put all kinds of different supplements. So all of these things, like if you've ever been curious about, is this supplement actually helping me or hurting me? Or is protein actually helping me recover? Like 
you yeah, can get the you answers. Can, you can kind of track it. So just quickly, give me three things that have increased your recovery. Okay. Increase my recovery. I feel like I know more things that have decreased my recovery. But increase my recovery. Um, blue light blocking glasses are actually really positive for me. And I should be wearing them right now and I'm not. But <laughs> blue light blocking glasses, fire. Another big one for me, um, sexual activity. Big booster of the recovery. And then also um, meditation doesn't tend to be as strong of a booster for me. And I think because honestly, my practice isn't really consistent enough in terms of time of day and things like that, that it might be more effective in the morning or at night or vice versa. Those are some positive things for me. Also, based on how hard I work. So I think it's like when my strain is over 12 for the day, I have a lower recovery. Giovanni, what are some things that you've noticed have been either positive or negative for you from the Whoop Journal? So I'm actually looking at my monthly. Oh, the MPI? Yeah, the positive impact. And most of the things that I track are a positive impact. So the things that I mentioned earlier, blue light, blocking glasses, a clean eating, Sleeping in my own bed, not having Julie kicking me. <laughs> You're the worst. Um, actually, no. Shared bed was a positive impact. Ah, there we go. Yep. And taping my mouth is a positive impact. Yeah, breath work hasn't been super consistent for me, but... And sleep mask, actually, is a really big okay. one. I don't track that one. I should add that. I, I track it. That's good. But yeah, all of this considered, guys, it's so, so cool. You get to customize this. You can change it anytime you want. You can add things, take things away. And it's a really good way to build habits around what's actually going to serve you, what's actually going to help you. Some things that were surprising for me, one of the things that I track is if I read before bed. And I expected that that would have a positive impact on me. You know, putting the phone down, read a couple pages of a book, helps to relax you. Month over month, when I track this consistently enough to actually get data on it, reading before bed actually has a negative influence on my recovery, a very, very slightly negative influence. And this doesn't mean that I stopped doing it because I love to read and reading at nighttime is my time to read. But, and that's shows. another thing to look at, you know, like you have to look at your habits and know, like, if you like doing something and Whoop is telling you, like, it's a negative thing, like, just be mindful. You don't have to be so anal to yeah, exactly. cut it well, out. And when I say it's a negative impact, I think it's like negative 4%. Like, it's nothing right. groundbreaking. Whereas blue light, black glasses are like plus 35%. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a enormous. big, huge impact. So I agree. It was just more so just surprising. I had this thought in my head that reading in, reading before bed was going to help me. When in reality, it's not really making much of a difference. If anything, perhaps a little bit negative. And I think because for me, when I'm reading before bed, it's keeping my brain stimulated. I'm not reading... Um, leisurely fiction books if you will i'm reading like how to improve your productivity and like how yeah, to sleep like journals and and, so yeah. exactly so it's maybe it's because i'm reading things that are making me think even more and i gotta add in something more relaxing before bed like meditation 
perhaps. Or just, yeah. like, keeping my mouth shut for, like, 30 minutes before I go to bed. Oh, that's very hard for you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, the journal feature is definitely awesome. So let's just dive into, again, we've mentioned a lot of things, but what stands out to you the most of how Whoop has influenced your decisions and habits? Is there anything that you used to do or that you used to think that is done differently now because of Whoop? Um, pretty much a lot of things. I started wearing blue light blocking glasses, and I've learned by reading a lot of articles and research and listening to other people talk about this, how light in general affects you. So uh, right now we have, what are these lights called? Um, the light bulbs that you can basically change the light. Yeah, they're like smart the color. bulbs, so you can talk to, we should actually turn them red. Alexa, turn all the lights red. <laughs> Thank you, dear. Yeah, just because the, not just the light spectrum, but also the brightness of the lights can affect your sleep performance and melatonin release and all that scientific jazz. Um, another thing that really, that I used to do a lot that I don't, I try not to anymore was eat late at night. So if I eat a meal, like even an hour before bed, my resting heart rate is up by like 10 um, respiratory rate increases recovery goes down so your body's focusing more on digesting this food over getting into those crucial sleep stages what about you julie yeah that's a really really good one and something that i've also tried to be more mindful of a lot of us especially in the fitness space are concerned about getting enough calories and eating enough and sometimes it's the end of the day when you realize, like, shit, I didn't have enough protein today, and now you're making a protein shake at 10 p.m. before you go to bed. Now, in my opinion, and you can tell me your thoughts on this too, I think it's kind of like a gray area because for somebody who maybe has trouble getting enough calories in during the day, if their only time to get those calories in is at nighttime, or if there are certain days that they forgot and need to, like maybe getting the calories in is more important than... Well, I do agree with you on that. Calories are more important. But just to know, this is a negative impact for me. Mm -hmm. For me personally, if I eat late at night, my sleep and resting heart rate and all that stuff I mentioned earlier increase, which decreases my quality. I don't think it's the same for everyone. I don't know. I don't have the data on that. Yeah, well, that's something that Whoop has talked a lot about too. And um, some other people that I follow on Instagram who wear Whoop or the Aura Ring talk about that same metric. So I think it's really common that if you eat a late meal, it affects your recovery. But yeah, definitely just something to be mindful of. Think of it as too, like, let's say you're an early morning gym goer, right? The only time you have to train is getting up at 6 a.m. and hitting the gym. In order to perform your best that morning, to wake up and feel energized, you need a good night's sleep, right? Right. So if you're hurting your good night's sleep by eating right before bed, that's an easy thing that you can manipulate. Just eat sooner. Now, I say easy, maybe not easy, but simple. Set intentions, create habits around making those changes to allow you to, you know, eat sooner so that you'll sleep better so that you'll perform better the next day 
And yeah, Whoop does a really good job at connecting all of those dots, right? Yeah. Essentially, like, use the data to enhance your life, but don't let it manipulate you. Because there's some people, like, I work till 8 o'clock most nights. So for me, I do end up eating that late meal. So I don't have a choice. I can't eat any sooner than, you know, 8 o'clock. So I'm not going to beat myself up over it. I just adapt. Yeah, definitely. Just like you said, having the awareness so that when it is in your control, it is a decision that you make to, yeah, to um, eat a little bit earlier. And for me, I agree. There's definitely a lot of things that I've taken into consideration. I think the biggest thing for me was the alcohol consumption. And, you know, when it comes to drinking, like it is something that I still do when I go out socially. But I've learned that when you have a a night out of consuming enough drinks to the point that you are pretty intoxicated, not getting enough sleep because you're going to bed at like 3 a.m., those things impact you not just the next day not just physically but also mentally but it can carry on for a little bit so when i do have like a truly long night out my recovery tends to stay pretty low for like two to three days so for me that's influenced my decision making in that when i do go out for drinks now it's just a thought in my head where i ask myself okay what are the next few days looking like for me and is this a sacrifice that i'm willing to make Last weekend, I was in Scranton hanging out with all my girls at an alumni event, and it was an absolute blast. But I knew going into that that I was not going to have more than two drinks because I had a really busy weekend of work to get done. So that's what I did. And, and it's because of Whoop that I've been able to understand you know, that impact that it's going to have. And just one more thing I want to say on the topic of alcohol, if you're still listening and interested in all this Whoop stuff, um, one of the biggest mistakes that I made in college that a lot of people make is when you wake up after drinking and you feel like garbage, one of the things that you want to do to make yourself feel better is exercise. Now, you don't want to do it. Like, you don't want to get out of bed, but, like, you tell yourself, all right, you piece of shit, get up out of bed, go to the elliptical for a little bit, go lift some weights, and sweat out the alcohol out of your system. That's something that all of us would say. I've learned how detrimental that is in the long run because after a long night of drinking, your body is literally in recovery mode. Your immune system is essentially activated. Like your body is working so hard to flush the toxins out that if you then throw another stressor on top of it, like running or lifting weights or whatever it is, you're only digging that ditch deeper. Mentally, you might feel better Because you might say to yourself, okay, like I worked out, I did something good today, I'm good now. But I've definitely learned that when you make those decisions, when you have a low recovery, focusing on recovery things the next day, eating good food, getting good sleep, is actually going to give you more bang for your buck. Because then the next day, you're going to be ready for the gym. Rather than beating yourself up when you're already digging a ditch into the ground... And now you're even further under and you have to climb out of an even bigger hole. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that goes for not just alcohol, but after you're sick or if you had a really stressful day, you know, give yourself some grace and just let the data guide you. So, Julie, who is Whoop for? 
That's a good question. Giovanni, I would say that Whoop is for any human being who wants to improve their performance as a human being. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't think Whoop is for everyone. Um, Whoop is definitely a great tool if you love science and numbers and things like that and you like to track these things that make you better. Um, It's not a complete necessity, but it's definitely a tool that enhances your life if you use it properly. So, Julie, how much is Whoop? Yeah, I agree with you. Really quick, before we get into that, um, you have to be willing to change. You have to be willing to opening yourself up to what Whoop is going to tell you. Go into it with an open mindset. Giovanni and I just talked about, like, there are things that we used to do that we don't do now. And it wasn't necessarily an easy change. And it's still a work in progress, you know. But you need to understand that Whoop is going to, like, if you really want to enhance your life, if you want to enhance your mental and physical performance... You're going to have to make some sacrifices. You're going to have to make some changes. And Whoop is going to help you. Whoop is a coach. It's going to like bother you and say, hey, it's time to go to bed. Hey, you shouldn't push yourself too hard today. And you need to be willing to listen, you know? But one thing that I want to spread awareness of is that Whoop really is for anybody in the sense of it doesn't matter if you're a weekend warrior or an elite level athlete, or even if you don't really give a shit about exercise and you kind of just go to the gym a few days a week, if you're just interested in tracking your health and improving your sleep and just feeling better, feeling more energized, this is a really, really great tool to help you get there. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about the membership prices. And we don't need to get too into the details because depending on when people listen to this, I'm sure the numbers will fluctuate a little bit. But like we mentioned, Whoop is a coaching service. So it functions as a subscription. Giovanna, do you remember when you bought the Whoop and the membership, how much it cost you? Yeah, so Whoop has a monthly membership or six months or a year and now i think they even have like a two year so the ones the one that i did was annually and they do give you a discount if you uh, pay annually so i paid 288 dollars for the year yeah and i think that's still the going rate for annually yep so when you sign up for whoop typically you'll get the whoop itself for free i put that in quotations obviously it's not free but it's like included in the membership and then exactly you can pay either 30 dollars a month at the moment which again subject to change or just under 300 dollars for the year which i know guys that sounds so crazy you're like that's so much money but if you think about what you're getting for it you're getting that coaching of your health it's um it's worth it in our eyes but if you're listening to this and you don't think it's worth it then maybe it's not for you you know Yes. Um, There's also another device called the Aura Ring that does a similar um, service to the Whoop. But you have to wear it in your fingers. And that's really the main reason I research both. And since Julie and I are into physical therapy, we can't really wear rings. (laughs) So the Whoop you can wear anywhere in your body now, depending on the clothing that you have um yeah yeah definitely but that is another another good option if you're interested in recovery 
Wow. Giovanni, it is 1030 at night. I think that means that our whoops are probably telling us to go to bed. Any, oh, yeah. It's been any, yelling at me. <laughs> any final thoughts for the listeners here? Final thoughts? Um, definitely, it's at least for us, it's a learning experience into creating new and better habits. That's for sure. I love that. All about the habits, baby. Yeah. Let's get after it. Giovanni, thanks for coming on and joining me today. It was really fun diving into our year of experience with Whoop, and I'm excited to see what year two has to bring. Maybe uh, maybe we'll follow the recommendations a little more and uh, be a little more... Yeah, we're not perfect for, oh, for sure, definitely but not. <laughs> we strive for better. That's right. 1% better every day. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Goal Set Mindset Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Giovanni and I diving into the Whoop. If you have questions about Whoop, if you want to talk with us more about it, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram. Both of the links are in my bio. Thank you again for tuning in. And as always, we will be back next week with another episode.